the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast, where we feature unscripted interviews with graduates of the United States Military Academy Class of 1991. The Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast with your host, Jamie Schleck, starts now. All right, we're live here. This is uh, episode, I think it's episode 13 we got here. Episode yeah. 13, the or, or 14, I, I have to look at it. I think it's 13, the Dual Grab Podcast. And uh, we're we're going to be live tonight with our classmate, uh, Chris Smith. Chris, you there? Uh, I'm here, Jamie. Awesome, awesome. So Chris That's is... Uh, lucky here. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to have you. You know, right, we have we, we always have like a little bit of technical difficulties right at the beginning. We always like spaz out like <laughs> the first couple minutes. So we're spazzing out and then on the line, like is this phone call coming in? And I'm like, who is that? Who's call- Somebody's calling us. It was Ed Cezina. Making sure he was on the podcast. <laughs> so he said to say hello. Okay, and, uh, so I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to tell like ten Ed Cedena stories then. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot, lots to talk about tonight. Lots to talk about tonight. So, um, Chris Smith, Company B3, the Bandits, Go Bandits, Branched uh, Engineers, Branched Engineers from Fort Worth, Texas, and his current role is uh, Senior Vice President with uh, How do you say that? Chenier Energy. Chenier Energy. Chenier exactly. Energy. You nailed yeah. it. All right, good deal. Um, and so. Um, so, Chris, uh, I'm honored to have you on. You know, you and I have a, a long personal history that goes back. Our paths have crossed a lot of times in the Army and in the civilian world and whatever. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot of memories to, to think through. Uh, just as a reminder, the reason for why we're doing this is, number one, to foster uh, continued connections among our classmates. Uh, number two is to remember our fallen classmates. Uh, three is to stay connected uh, to the activities of West Point and specifically to increase awareness around our class gift. And four is to celebrate uh, the uh, accomplishments of our classmates and where necessary to lift them up. And, you know, I just saw recently we should mention Scott Clemenson, who was a um, who was on our podcast, uh, went through a bout of cancer uh, a few months ago. And there's a great picture of him ringing the bell doing his final radiation treatment. So we're we're thinking about the Clemson family. We're happy for your success and, and inspired by your motivation and just sheer determination, uh, Scott. So congratulations uh, t- to you. And so, um, Chris, I'm honored to have you on. I just saw that, Chris, you just joined our class page like this week, I think. Right? So you have not previously been on this pa- class page. Yeah, you know, I was on it. I actually got all the way off Facebook this year. So um, so I, I, I got rid of my account and I deleted everything. And then you called me and said, hey, can you do the podcast? And so I went back to see if I could see the podcast, and I couldn't. So I had to reestablish it uh, and then rejoin, right? So, so that's what that's about. Right? So why, why were you going? I, I did, um, so, so t- I've been following the podcast, right? So, uh, on the, on the Podbean, on, pod, on the Podbean thing, right? That's how you listen no, to no, it? I mean, I, I've been following them on Facebook until, I mean, just until. Oh, okay, okay. But then you can listen to them also on Podbean, which I think is the better way to listen to it because it's a richer quality content. And you can speed it up, so you don't have to listen to to the. I mean, we don't sound like that badly like chipmunks, and you can speed it up in an hour and a right. half. Goes like an hour and an hour, so it's a better way to listen yeah. to it. See, for instance, yeah, yeah. right right now we're having a trying to reconnect with Facebook issue. Are we? So so we went dark with Facebook. It's trying to reconnect. The problem with Facebook live streaming is so many people. This is peak time, right? So many people. Yeah. Uh, are online yeah. streaming live, right? And it's like putting trying to fit fifty gallons of water into a two gallon jug. 
Right. Did anyone hear us right now? Uh, Right now, it says it's trying to reconnect. Yeah, there were people listening, and it just says cannot continue. So (laughs) technically, we're off Facebook right now, but... But it'll reconnect, right? Like it, it, like it does reconnect. So I think what happens is like it, like it gets like one of those kind of like hourglasses, and you got to like reconnect. And so the quality is not that great for people that are listening live right now. But it all yeah. gets recorded, and then it gets put back up, and people hear the whole thing. So, and that's the beauty of Podbean because the show is uninterrupted, recorded right. on our right. side, and you post it and. But they'll reconnect, and then they'll be we'll be able to see their uh, comments and stuff like that while it's happening. Because yes, that, that's the other benefit is that that's the only benefit really of doing it in Facebook is that you can see people can connect, they can see that we can see the comments as they're going through, and you know, so they can react to things that are being said. That's the one benefit right. I think. So we are back live on Facebook right now at this time. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. So we may we may ultimately come up with a better. A better platform like YouTube, but we have to figure out how we integrate that with Facebook because the, the the value of having all these members in this private closed group is that they can see and they can kind of follow it real time. Right. The downside is that Facebook's not that great, you know, or Facebook yeah. is getting overloaded. We we first experienced this during the election because we right. had everybody, you know, uh, broadcasting their their stuff about you know that because uh, we were on the Sunday night before the. Uh, midterm elections and that was that was just crazy to get be connected that night yeah. well one thing facebook's doing also is they're allocating a lot of their bandwidth for the media outlets mm-hmm. as opposed to the small time broadcasters like us yeah. yeah i mean we are a small fish in the ocean a minnow in the ocean so yeah. but we are back on and the show continues all right good all right so um so chris where, where are you living now you're down in dc still yeah, so I'm I'm still in DC. So I, I moved up up here in 2009, um, and uh, and and so we're still here. So you know, we're I've got a uh, I've got a ninth grader and a seventh grader now. So now that we've we've cracked the high school seal. Um, you know, I we'll, we'll probably be here for the foreseeable future. Where 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 are they in high school? Who's who's in high school? So uh, so I've, I've got a so my son is a ninth grader. Uh, and he goes to to T. C. Williams High School here in Alexander, Virginia. So, uh, did, did you see the movie uh, Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington? No, I, I don't think I saw it. Yeah, that's so that the was, one. Uh, that was that was it, you know it was about kind of the integration story you know post uh, uh, you know post desegregation, but it was about T. C. Williams High School, which is the the public school that that uh, that my 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 son goes to, and that my daughter will go to when she gets to the ninth grade. She's a seventh grader. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. And so, where do you live? Like, where specifically in um, in uh, DC area? Are you like in Virginia? In yeah. So, if you know if you know DC, um, you know we're right across, essentially right across the Potomac from from Washington DC and Alexandria. So, um, if you fly into here, you'll you usually fly into Reagan International Airport, which is you know right across the river, and we're just one metro south, one metro stop south. Of uh, of the airport, so so I, I take the metro back and then back and forth to DC. So we're we're pretty close. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, DC is a very cool place to live. I spent some time in DC back in the day myself, and obviously when I was after nine eleven, I went when I went back uh, was back in the DC area working and yeah, yeah. So, but uh, and, and then you've got your you know you've got your project here with the the, the housing efforts so yeah back yeah and forth. yeah yeah i'm but, down in theory i'm down there at least once a month but it's been more like 
every other month, but I need to get down there soon again. So, but uh, yeah, we have a project down there, and uh, right outside of Union Station, we've got a 124 unit uh, building that we built, uh, and for 68 formerly um, homeless veterans are living there, and it's it's a great great project, and I'm very proud of that. So, but uh, Chris, yeah, no, really- and you went there, you you checked it out, right? I think I think I had you there. Yeah. One yeah, exactly. We we did a little a tour over there, so um, you know, it, it, great to see the impact you're having on, on people's lives here. Yeah, we just did another one in Denver too, and uh, hoping to do another one uh, this year by the end of the year or someplace else. So, um, okay. yeah. So so Chris uh, Chris has had an amazing life. I, I I mean, I've always envied your free spirit. I think um, so. <laughs> Let's so well, no, I'm gonna have to live up to that, that yeah, comment here. Well I'm gonna I I have some I have some I have some experiences and some observations that we that will kind of like uh bring come into the into the podcast tonight we'll get to talk about. But let's let's go so you're from Fort Worth, Texas, that's where your family that, that that's where you were raised. You you grew up there? Yeah, yeah. So I went to high school in, in Fort Worth, Texas. Um you know, when it came to time to go to college I you know, I kinda wanted to go Somewhere far from Fort Worth at the time, right? So I ended up in in New York, and and uh, as as your classmate at, at West Point. Um, but my parents were still back at Fort Worth. I, I tell people, if you knew me in, in third grade and knew my my phone number then, and you call that number at Christmas, I'll I'll pick up that same phone. It's the same number. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, same number, same house. Uh, uh, so we still have you know family roots back there. Are your folks still there? Yeah, they're still there. They're same still, same phone number. Same, Same phone number. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, um, do you have brothers and sisters? So I got, I got one brother um, who's a year younger than than me. So he's out in Iowa. He's been there for, gosh, over twenty years now. So he's a he's a medical technician. He's at a at a uh, at a hospital complex out in in Iowa. Uh, so yeah, so one brother, just uh, just the two of us. And were you because? Obviously, we're going to talk about this. He was brigade champion for boxing. He was a, he's this guy is like kick ass boxer. Like you know, he's he's very he's you know very soft spoken. He, he's like you know you you, you know you, you can easily think of oh, this kind of a gentle giant. He will kick your ass like six ways from Sunday. Really? If, yeah. If, if if you let him. <laughs> but did you box in high school? How would you get to have those skills for boxing? You know, so I you know, and I'm I'm trying to think who I've even told this story to. Um, but um, you know, when I was in, when I was in high school, um, I was out with a couple of guys, and and I was I came. We're at one of these these kind of uh, kind of high school teen clubs that you know the that you know I used to go to when I was in high school. And I and I came out of this club, and I was driving my grandma's car. Uh, it was me and two other guys, and I and I came out to the parking lot, and there were these four guys kind of standing around my grandma's car, and one of them was peeing on the tire of the car. <laughs> And and I and I go like charging up to the guy. I'm like, you know, what the hell? And the guy just hauls off and just cold cocks me and knocks me to the ground. It was and the, the other two guys I was with went running back in the club to go get a security guy or whatever. And you know, and I I didn't like know what to do like with myself or with my body. Like I mean, you know, I was you know I wasn't a small guy, but you know, I was like a tall, skinny high school senior. And ended up getting, you know, rolled by these four guys. And I remember thinking, you know, I went to, I, I went to, I went to junior college for a year after, after high school, um, uh, in New Mexico. And I joined the boxing team out there. Cause I said, I, I remember I, I don't ever want to be in a situation 
where that ever happens to me again. And I, I've never had to use it outside the ring, right? So it, it has not actually come in, in handy. But um, when I was in New Mexico uh, at New Mexico Military Institute, uh, I joined the boxing team out there, and, and I ended up winning uh, winning gold, New Mexico Golden, Golden Gloves my, uh, uh, my, my one year that I was there in New Mexico. And then boxed at West Point the last couple of years. Yeah, in boxing, yeah, no. you really, you. I mean, as a yearling or a plebe, or was it a plebe or a yearling that you won the brigade championship? No, I won, I won as a firstie. Right? Oh, first so I, um, you know, I, 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 I made, it, I made it the finals like when I was a when I was a cow, and uh, I, I fought against a ninety a class ninety guy named named uh, Leo Gatewood, and um, like everybody was sure that like Leo was gonna was gonna murder me, like he was gonna kill me. Um, and I, you know, and I, I caught Leo good on the chin, like in the first round. And I said, Hey, I can put this thing away now. And then ran out of gas. He made it to the first round and then I lost the fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was, which was part of my story. Like if I, if, if, if I got to the third round, I, I, I lost most of the fights that, that I, that I ended up coasting to the third round on. Uh, but then I, I won when I was a first thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, so just the last couple of years that I boxed. So, so what? So, New Mexico Military Institute. So, you went there for a year. Is that because they said you need another year before you get into West Point, or like what? What drove you to that direction? Yeah. So, you know, when I decided I wanted to go to West Point, um, you know, I, I, you know, my test scores were, were good. My grades were terrible. Like I was, I was like the worst student. Um, and you know, West Point essentially said, uh, "Yeah, you probably have potential, but you're lazy." go do something for a year and then, then, then apply next year. So I didn't apply until I was uh, a year out of uh, a year out of high school. Uh, but you know, West Point was the only place I applied to, you know, junior college for a year, then, then went on to West Point. Did you have to pay Um, for that junior college or was that like one of the army, like AOG scholarship things? I I had a a ROTC scholarship out there. Oh, nice. Nice. Quick question for Chris, his boxing skills, his performance, where where would that compare to professional boxing, like lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight? It, how was it ranked? Well, I mean, you're probably like what 180 pounds or something in, at West Point, something like I that. I mean, I was, uh, so I, I so at, at, at so if you're in intramurals, uh, 180 and over is is the high is the highest weight class. So you'll have a guy who weighs 185, and you, you'll fight whoever else is over 180. So. Uh, uh, and then in collegiate nationals, they'd had a 190 weight class. So you, if uh, so, I fought. I fought. You know, I fought heavyweight in, in both of those classes. I guess, uh, I, I guess it, the better it, the better question would be: Could you go a few rounds with Mike Tyson? No, <laughs> no way. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar. Was, I'm not a boxing guy, so yeah. That was going to be my, my segue. Was I mean, it's collegiate boxing, right? So it's a uh, you know, it's not that next level stuff. Uh, everybody like because we had a couple of of class boxers in our in our class. Um, yeah, uh, Chris Hart, great the hearts. Yeah, Chris yeah. Hart. they were like, and, they, and, they, and they didn't let that guy uh, box uh, in our collegiate. I think at, at some point because they were too experienced. I mean, so um, so yeah, I I have no designs on being a next level boxer, but for uh, uh, for collegiate, you know, uh, I did okay. Chris Hart uh, actually did a year of boxing in the army. He was like in the all army boxing team and stuff. He said that. Uh, outside yeah. of West Point, he did like a year of you know at least elite ap- elite athlete program, and um, you know he was a twin, so his, his younger brother came in, but they never boxed each other, which would have been pretty epic yeah, to see, was, you know. Yeah. I, but um, no, I, Chris, next one, 
guy. There's a funny comment here from Jeff Simpson. It says, uh, Lou Baker was the worst corner man for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture that. Hey, man, you just got to punch him in the face. Just, that's it. Just punch, yeah, punch him uh, in the face. Punch so, him in the know, below and, the belt. And so on the, on the, when I was a cow... Um, when uh, you know, I went to I had Lou Baker and and Paul Brooks were my two corner guys, and they uh, they first of all they were all like all nerved up because I, I used to I used to be so nervous for every fight I, that I couldn't eat right mm-hmm. I was just you know tied sideways right, and so those guys would be nervous for me but but, but you know Lou's a showman right so th- those guys get in the corner. I won the first round against Gatewood, and those guys were so excited. They're like they were like running laps around the ring, and that's not what you need <laughs> out of your corner guy, right? You need you need you need the corner guy to, to calm you down, to tell you one thing, right? He's like cheering. Yeah, this is the next level. Yeah. You can only take maybe one instruction in the corner. But um, uh, uh, Jeff is exactly right. Um, so we ha- we have quite a few people who have joined this podcast at this point. We got Scott Fight, uh, Ed Sedzina, uh, who we talked to earlier before we got on the call. Uh, Dwight Duquesne, Jeff Simpson, Keith Brown, Eric Kelly, Andrew Hall, Todd Woodson. Uh, I saw Deb Larney was on there, I think. Uh, so we got uh, Scott Clemenson. Yeah, so we got we got kind of a party here. We got some people chipping in with these little comments. So th- I mean, this is the beauty of Facebook, right? That people get to like listen and they can kind of like be part right. of it. They could chat it in. And it's a good thing it crashed at first. Didn't didn't maintain the connection yeah. because more people are being notified right now. Right, so. right. So I mean, Facebook is like it's good, but then it sucks. And so I don't know. So Chris, I mean, so why were you getting off Facebook? Just because you're like it's too much of a distraction, or it's like bullshit the way that it's like influencing public opinion? Like what what was it? Was it a I mean, it's it's both. I mean, it's this curated version of your life. Um, I think it promotes a bunch of false intimacy because, you know, you follow people on Facebook, but I mean, you, so, uh, you know, I put a picture of on Facebook that reflects well of me, but, you know, there's not a, you know, when things go sideways, that didn't show up on Facebook. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, it's free for a reason because, you know, they're mining all your data and it, and, you know, also, you know, when I'm traveling, I, I also, I see people in airport just sitting around and people are just scrolling through Facebook and it's, and it's political meme after political meme after political meme and people get their news through this kind of self-reinforcing echo chamber. Um, so, I mean, I, I, look, I'm, I'm not some sort of, you know, I'm not an anti-Facebook Luddite. I think there are a lot of cool things about Facebook, but, uh, but I, 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 I just, I, I just, kind of decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, we probably shouldn't say anything negative because then we could just get shut off of Facebook. Yeah, you get put in Facebook yeah. jail. <laughs> <laughs> we love Facebook. Yes. It is really an interesting but, thing. But they are supporting the, the 91 podcast. So they are. Yeah, it is really a... But, you know, you, you, we, we were talking about New Mexico. Uh, you know, one, uh, one of my classmates at New Mexico was, uh, uh, it, there were three of us. It was me, uh, Ed Natson. Uh, was at, with me at NIMI in New Mexico, and then uh, John Tyner, um, who I went to high school with also. He was my really? high school classmate. Yeah. And so uh, he was my room. He was my first, my first roommate uh, at New Mexico uh, 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 first semester. And then, so... Uh, Where was so, he yeah. from originally, John Tyner? Uh, no, well, he from Fort Worth, Texas. He was my high school classmate. Also. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, and John was the... Uh, I think he was the first. He was our well. Correct. He was our second, actually, because because you have to count um, Mike Haas, who died uh, while we were cadets. But yeah, he's our first uh, person who was killed at NTC 
tragically. Yeah, yeah, he was killed in a, in a training accident, and then and I didn't I, I didn't know he'd passed away until I came I came back to my high school to see one of my old teachers, and they were saying, "Well, you know, why weren't you at John's funeral?" I said, "What do you mean? Why wasn't at John's funeral?" And that, that's how I found out that he that he'd been killed. Um, again, you know, this was before the internet and right. cell phones that. And, face, like and Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Facebook, yeah. yeah exactly. that, I, that's what actually Scott Clemson was telling the story early on too. Is that like you know AOG really depended upon like the telephone connection to class officers to be able to do these kind of notifications, and so you know there was a little bit of a delay with John Tyner because you know Shannon Beebe, who another one of our, past, our classmates who passed away, just was like off the grid with AOG uh, at the time, and uh, so anyway, that's that's how things kind of went went. Uh, happened back then but uh, ed ed madison uh he was mentioned on the previous uh podcast by scott fight so he is he from new mexico or that is or i thought he's from new york no he, he's from corning new york right and okay. uh you know he just he, uh, you know i'm, I'm I, I i'm trying to remember this the story of what, how he ended up down there um but uh you know there are there just a couple of us who i mean just the three of us and it was just a kind of a you know an option that was different from from going to the prep school so um, and then, you know, all three of us ended up, you know, as, as classmates in 91. And all three of you made it through, which is, uh, yep. I think pretty much the story of the prep schools too, that higher, higher potential to put people all the way through. I think there's a, you know, which, uh, well, you know, you know what you're getting into, right? Yeah. Yeah. My nephew, uh, my, my, I have one nephew who's a, who's a yearling at West Point and then, um, another nephew who's going to go to the Naval Academy prep school, um, next year. Uh, I, I I was telling him, I was telling him I was like this is this is the best thing going to, I mean you know get a year of preparation get a year of lift he's a lacrosse player you know get get yourself in 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 uh, in, in better prepared to play you know D one lacrosse and then you'd be good to go it's yeah. not a fifty yard dash you know so. you know my my son went to uh, went to the army's uh, wrestling camp maybe four or five years ago mm-hmm. you know when he was in fifth or sixth grade. Um, uh, and then last year, but last year they both went to to Navy camp. So my my son went to the crew camp, and my daughter went to the volleyball camp because you know, you know, Navy's a you know it's, right it's there. fifteen minutes away, right? So it's right here. Um, so we we took convenience over principle in terms of uh, of sending them to the Navy camp. But but yeah, now both of them are you know they've had this positive navy experience which is kind of worrying me a little bit. Mm. You know, the, the, which is a good thing because we have we have two at least two classmates who have children that went to the Naval Academy. I know Greg McGavro yeah. and also Calvin Cass. Uh, I love yeah. to get I love to get Calvin Cass on this thing at some point cuz we need to talk about yeah, the, his son his son played played football for Navy. Right, right, right. And they had a special shirt made up for him it said uh Army grad Navy dad. Uh, I thought that was <laughs> Uh, well, so beat Navy anyway, right? Yeah, beat Navy anyway. Yeah, so I, I, I he, he definitely be, and John Abercrombie is another one. I got to get him on this thing because I, I need to talk to him about the whole. He's got two kids, I think, that went to West Point, but um, yeah. you yeah. know the football experience and also his whole experience. But um, should be yeah. But so so speaking of upcoming guests, so I have got you obviously today, and then I think we're gonna have in two weeks we're gonna have our classmate. Um, Mark Beeger, who is the chief of staff at West Point, uh, we had to cancel previous okay. one for a couple of weeks ago, 
And I was going back and forth with uh, Anthony Noto. Probably going to have him on. I want to get Doug McCormick too. Doug McCormick would be great. This is a great idea. It was given to me by Dave Peak. But McCormick stays in touch with General Bramlett. We should get Bramlett to call in, and we can ask him a bunch of questions. What it was like for him to be the calm? We get yeah. that would be some uh, some funny stuff. So yeah, that would be. Cool. You have any you have any dealings with General Bramlett when you were a cadet? Um, no, not, not really. Right. I mean, uh, and that's, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. You stay you know, kind of he, under the radar. You you didn't know how many hours you walked yeah. when we did the pre-call. You weren't even sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, and I, you know, I don't even know how many hours I had. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good handful, but it was all for like stupid stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even have any stories over you know, the, no, no glory stories for, for my, my hours. Yeah. Well, B three is a is a very colorful company. I mean, you guys got a lot a lot of stories. I think probably somebody somebody had some kind of run in with the uh, with the establishment at some point during the during the uh, time there. And uh, you know, I've said it a couple times too. Like, I think for whatever reason, F one and B three had a lot of connectivity, like through uh, Mill yeah. Art and through PL three hundred. So I knew a lot of the guys yeah, in the company. That PL three hundred connection. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. that was some fun stuff. Um, well, I mean, everybody loves their company, but I mean, I, I think we had a, a terrific company and, and, you know, and somehow like we've really stayed super tight over the years because, um, you know, we, at our last reunion, we had uh, 15 or 16, you know, bandits that, that, that came to the reunion. Um, and then we do our off year get togethers where, um, you know, a couple of years ago, the last one we did, we did a, uh, uh, we all went to Kentucky and did the, the bourbon tour. Uh, Ron Codwell, Codwell uh, set it up, and we we went and uh, went to a horse race and and saw a couple of distilleries. Went to uh, uh, Four Roses and Buffalo Trace. Um, and then a couple of years before that, we had another one where we went up to Green Bay and went ice fishing. Uh, uh, we went so we, we we went down to Florida one year so. That's that's just it's it's great to get everybody together and we all look forward to those. So you guys just take turns like being the um the sponsor, like being the organizer and then one person has responsibility and then just sets it all up for everybody else? Yeah, basically. I mean I did one, Lou did one, uh Ed Sedina did one, uh Cardwell did I think Cardwell might have done two. Uh no, uh Dave Tomasi did the one in, in uh in um uh in Kentucky and then Cardwell did the one up in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, and so this year, uh, Ed is doing, so Ed's doing his second one where we're going to go and watch Army beat Michigan, uh, in the Army Michigan football game. So we're going to go and, and, uh, get a bunch of us together and go hanging out, get hang out somewhere up there in, uh, uh, in Michigan to watch the football games. So is that where uh, he is? He's in Michigan? What's that? Is, that? is that where he is? He's in Michigan? Ed Cezina? Yeah, he's in Michigan. Yeah, he's, he's, he's back home, Eddie S. What uh is he like in Detroit or something or where's he at? Um, he's in uh, Farmington Hills, I think. That is where it is. He, he'll he'll probably comment in if he's if he's, uh, if he's listening. Yeah. But yeah, he's um uh he's with a finance company up there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we uh, so company F one kind of stole your idea and even stole the name. We recently got together. We called it Friar Palooza because you guys have called it Bandit Palooza in the past, which I think was yeah. really. Really cool idea, but I was like jealous, like watching you guys, like you know, doing all these cool things, golfing and you know, ice fishing and 
Um, and yeah. that's, I guess the other benefit of Facebook is you get to you know see those kind of things and kind of leverage off of them. But we just had our thing last weekend. We were down in the, the Dominican Republic, and it was absolutely out of this world awesome to see everybody yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys went big, so you, you you had to grab your passports and and head out of the country. How, how many how many of you went? I think we had twelve of our classmates. We had a total of twenty. Including family members, so we brought family family members down there too. So there would be a couple wives and husbands and uh, kids, and um, it was just it was so great. You know, it was like it was like the perfect number because it wasn't too unwieldy. You know, we were all together, and there was like the cool thing about your company is like there is like zero apprehension. Like there's zero like nobody's trying to like impress one another. They're just like we're just there for each other. It was just so much fun. I. I have I laughed so hard. There were so many good stories that came up from the whole thing. Things that I've forgotten about. Things I didn't even know about. And uh, oh my god, it was great. So we had a uh, couple. You know, Bernie Christensen was there. Uh, Scotty Brender, Sharon DeCrane, Steph Southerd, Libby Boggs. So we had three of our four, um, you know, female sister classmates that were down there. Uh, we had um, who else was there? Um, uh, I gotta look at a picture here. Just well, Eddie Bayuth was the was the main sort of like uh, put the whole thing together. Chris Clayter was there with his wife. Um, I was down there, um, and you know it was just it was. I mean, obviously we we were just it was just so happy we were so happy to see everybody. Like they get caught up, but then we did this trip. We did this little tour of uh, Colonial um, Santo Domingo. <laughs> we're like is an hour on the bus so we're all like on this little like bus together and it was so funny it was like being a cadet again all the jokes and this wise cracks and all the stuff going back there my son was with me he goes dad you're like you're getting ripped apart back there they're making so much fun of you i was like, i know what, what, what can i do it's just it's so funny talking about spring breaks and all the stupid stuff that we did when we were cadets so much fun so uh, yeah it's it's uh it's kind of reinvigorating right? yeah yeah it is it is and it's inspiring and you know it's it's also like you realize like, like even though you may not have seen people for like decades like these are people that are really like i was telling my daughter about it today too i was like you know those are like my best friends i mean i've got friends i grew up with i've got friends that i like you know do little league with or whatever but my best best friends the people that i seek out as like having such a you know so, such commonality with are my company mates from west point yeah. And uh, just telling those stories was just so funny. So yeah, so yeah, we we there's a there's a, a good bunch of us that that, that show up at these things. Uh, you know, Terry Yoon, uh, Bob Rebar, who's here with me in in, in DC. Uh, uh, special Ed Ed Zadina is is a is a regular. Uh, Dave Tomasi organized one of them. Lou Baker comes to all of them. Uh, Ron Cardwell organized one of them. Uh, Ken Phillips came to to a couple. Uh, Tom Ennis, uh, Dave Morrow, uh, Drew Popson. So, you know, all these guys, they, you know, they, they show up. John D. Jambatista, he's also here with me in, uh, in, in D.C. So there, there's a good handful of, of, of us who are, who are here in D.C. now, which is also cool. Is John because still in? John is still in. So, yeah. uh, so he, he's at the Pentagon. Uh, he's in 06 now. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's two of, there are two of us that are left still. Uh, Brooks is in 06 and then, uh, uh, John DeGian Batista, who's also in 06. That's mm -hmm. uh, so why Brooks is about to transition out. Uh, John is still in, so uh, he's he's the last horse we got in the race here for for B three. Yeah, 
Yeah, I was. Uh, he and I did a little stint together in Ranger School. Last last phase of Ranger School, we were together in the same same platoon, uh, Ranger yeah. School. So, yeah, yeah, you know what was what was disappointing about the Friar Palooza we just had was that we really wanted to get like you know. Musso George really wanted to get down there. He couldn't. It was like this last minute stuff. He couldn't get there. Chuck Boucher was in. He's still active yeah. duty. He's in Baghdad. And Dave Baxter had some other thing that he was dealing with. So the, our only active duty guy was was Eddie Bayuth, who put the thing together. So Ed's like an attache there in um, in the DR. And Ed, Ed's got an interesting story. He had like a nine-year break in service and then went back in. So he's like a year group 2000. So he's got couple no. more years left before he can get out. And, okay. so he, and he went back in. So interesting, interesting career he's had. So. Okay. Good stuff. Well, yeah, we're, we're getting to the point where we don't have that many in, right? As, as we're, we're, we're getting old, man, or, or you are anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just me. Just me. Yeah. <laughs> now I, you know, we have, we have people that'll continue to serve though for a while. There's a, there's a few people, that can push past their mandatory retirement date if they have a you know special kind of a job, and then you got people that are general yeah. officers. So we'll have people yeah. that are in for for quite some time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. now I wonder too, like your your company, you know, I think there's a special bond and closeness you guys have just because you know the four years at West Point, but also you guys have had some some you know you you've got our one and only and hopefully one and only ever person killed in action uh of of your company mates bill hecker and um so tell me tell me a little bit about your experiences with him as a cadet and you know and and what it was like to to learn of his passing yeah so you know bill Bill was the best right and it was you know it was uh you know so when we're cadets um you know i remember him as a you know plebe all the way through senior year uh, so, you know, Bill kind of stuck out. Like, he was kind of this funny-looking kid when we were a plebe. Like, he attracted, like, he was one of those guys who attracted lots of attention. Um, and then when we became, you know, when we were cows, because, uh, you, know, our, our, you know, we had a pretty laid-back company. Um, you know, somebody had to step it up and, you know, play the role of, of, of running our plebes. And and Bill was one of the guys who, who was who was that guy, right? Um and you know, at the time, I remember thinking, "Well, you know, here's a guy who, like who 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 attracted a lot of attention as a plebe, and is, is kind of paying it forward." But you know, the, the thing about Bill that I, I realized later, you know, particularly when we came back to our our tenure, and then afterwards, you know, you know, after he was after he was killed, was like, you know, Bill was just a guy who took things kind of more seriously, but in a way that that showed that he 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 cared in a way that a lot of us didn't have that same level of maturity when we were, when we were cadets, which I, you know, I didn't really appreciate that at the time, but, um, you know, the, you know, Bill was, you know, so Bill was a guy who kind of grinded it through kind of academically. Like he kind of made it to the finish, to the finish line. He was, he was some kind of engineering major, but then when he got out into the army, he ended up going back to grad school in English and that was his calling, right? Um, he he published a book on Edgar Allan Poe, um, and if, if you would have told me when we were cadets that Bill Hecker was going to actually write a book, I mean, not read a book, but like write one, um, I'd be like, like Bill who? Mm-hmm. But this, you know, like he found his he found his his calling when he got into the army, because uh, you know he was just you know, he, and I never served with him, but uh, you know, it's just where his reputation was that he was just terrific, 
uh, with with soldiers. Um, he was like, a, you know, physical specimen, a runner. Um, you know, found his real niche academically. We'd we'd be so when we came back for our tenure, uh, he was at the academy. He was he was a professor, and just watching him, you know, with his wife and with his you know with his kids, and and just kind of seeing the person that that he that he had turned into. And again, this was, you know, you know, he was a captain and we were 10 years out and, you know, this was before he, you know, before he was, he was killed in action as a major. Um, but it, you know, see, that, that's, that's the time I really think back on now. And I think back in, on Bill, like just seeing, right. the, seeing this incredible person that he, that he'd turned into. Cause he was at and our, then, he was at our 10 year reunion. I think he was at West Point at that time. Where is that, is that what you're thinking of? Was that, that was the time? Was that yeah. the 10 year reunion? And he was back at West Point. His kids were there. Yeah. He was, yeah. Cause we, we all went to his house. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he kind of hosted us and, um, you know, just, a just a terrific guy. And then, you know, when, when he was, uh, he was a oh four when he was, killed mm-hmm. and you know he was he was you know, he was the one you know he's our one classmate we've lost in in action and um uh you know that was you know that was a you know that was that was a you know first of all, a real surprise for us but but also um kind of made us i think reappreciate all of our relationships as we we thought about bill and what he meant what he meant to us how did you find out like what like, like what was the I mean, I I, you know, I think I'm, I found it through email, but I, I but I'm just curious. Like, I'm, I'm pretty. I, so I'm. Why am I thinking that? So someone I can try to remember who sent out the because I, I remember getting an email and the subject line was Bill Hecker. Um, and because I know because I mean, well, the other thing is interesting is Bill Hecker married Rick Graham's sister, who is also right. your company mate, right? Yeah, it was also my company mate, right? And were they and dating as cadets? Right. Um, you, you know, I think they met after they were, after they, you know, I, I don't really know. I'm not sure. That had to be a weird um, dynamic. Like if you're like, I mean, I, I, I don't know like what happened if it was while you were a cadet, but if you're like, if, if one of my buddies was dating my sister while we're a cadet, I'd be like, whoa, that's kind of weird. Like, but I, but I don't know. I mean, but maybe afterwards they, who knows, but, but I know that yeah, Rick, yeah, no. Rick gave a beautiful eulogy. I went to the memorial service, and Rick gave a beautiful yeah. eulogy. And um, actually, as I think about the eulogy, they they did get to know each other when they were cadets. Because uh, Rick in, made, in, the, in the cadet, you're, you're talking about in the cadet chapel. In the cadet chapel, yeah. Were, were you there yeah. for that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all there for that. Okay. Um, and yeah, like Rick, Rick, he made us all proud up there. Um, you know, that was a that was that was a hell of a day for. You know, I guess for all of us, right? For the extended ninety-one family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to see one of our own uh, uh, yeah. killed in action. I will never but, uh, ever forget that day. I will never ever forget yeah. that day. And you know, I, but, yeah, I, Bill was, I didn't know uh, Bill like you knew Bill, but I mean, I so I just I, and Rick did a beautiful job um, eulogizing his brother-in-law, and um, and uh, so that that I mean, I think about the closeness of the bandit family. It's probably driven in large part also because of that common loss you guys experienced with uh, in that particular yeah. time. And you yeah, yeah, had, yeah. had you been doing those bandit palooza trips prior to that, like because that was kind you of know, we, we, and and the first the first time we got together was actually when Derek Wright got hurt. Okay. Um, so you know, Derek, 
you know, so Derek was my plebe year roommate. Um, and, you know, he, he, you know, he, and he was like a hardcore guy, right? I remember he was, he was like the number one all around, uh, gymnast on the men's gymnastics team. And then one day he just came home and said, I'm quitting gymnastics because, you know, I don't have enough time to do my ranger stuff. Right. Um, and you know, the coach was, was, you know, by beside himself, that you know, <laughs> that, that Derek was going to, going to leave the team. But you know, Derek was another guy who just took things seriously. Like he he was he was all about the mission, about getting himself ready to be a platoon leader. Um, uh, went out, spent you know a few years with a with a Ranger bat. Um, you know, went to Ranger school as a cadet. Because uh, remember, when we were cadet, when we were cadets, you could go to Ranger school, but if you got recycled, you just mm-hmm. came home, right? Came home. Right. There's no time. So he he got through the entire he got through the entire thing, and then on his last patrol, he failed a patrol. And they're like, you, cadet, you're a recycle, mm. which means you're just going to go on a plane and come home. And and man, that was um, that was a existential crisis for for cadet right because mm-hmm. um, again, that, that was a guy who was all about the mission and getting himself ready to be a to be an army platoon leader. Uh, but he he ended he ended up you know he ended up graduating. Um, uh, went, you know, we spent some time with the Ranger Bat, uh, got tired of being away from his family, left the military. And then after 9-11, um, went back uh, as a contractor. So he went to Iraq uh, with uh, um, with, uh, with Blackwater mm-hmm. and um, got hurt. Um, you know, he was in a building. They, they took a mortar. The guys came in to, you know, the to, to go and you know, to, to, to try to get people evacuated. And, you know, they saw Derek cause he had this, this very traumatic head injury. And they said, you know, this, this guy's going to die, right? We're, they're going to leave him. And somehow, you know, somebody, one of its, one of his, his brothers there who was working with got him on the bird, they got him to Germany, got him back home. So I was the first one of us uh, from B3 at least to go and see him. Um, and you Where know, was he? the trading he was down in Texas, he was in Austin, because he's from Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was down in Texas. And I was in Houston at the time. So we all, we all exchanged emails, and everybody sent me these messages to send him, uh, to, to read to him, so, you know, so he'd know that we we're all thinking about him. And he was in intensive care, so I went, um, uh, and, uh, I went to see him in the hospital, and his wife, Cindy, comes and, you know, I, I talk to her. And then, you know, they put you in this kind of this white hazmat suit, like this that goes over your clothes because, you know, he was in this sterile environment. Um, and, and, you know, he was still like, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't see, he was blind. Um, you know, he was like, you know, the stick skinny cause they, they was, they were feeding him intravenously. He was full of tubes. He had like tubes and all in his face. Um, so I, you know, I, I walk into, uh, to go and see him and it's just, you know, it's incredible seeing him, you know, seeing him in that, in, in that state. And at the time, you know, these traumatic head injuries are mysterious, right? The, the doctors don't know what's going to happen to you. I mean, right. either, either, either you're, you know, you never recover any functioning at all, uh, or you make full recovery. I mean, your brain has to rewire itself and, you know, the, the doctors don't know, they can't tell you what's going to happen to you. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I'm watching him. And, and again, at this time, like he, like, you know, he was, uh, they, they weren't really sure kind of what, how much cognition he had going on. Um, and I'm, I'm reading these, these letters, uh, to him 
and you know I'm, I'm rattling through them, and then you know I just I'm getting choked up thinking about it now. Um, you know, it's just me and his wife and then Derek, and and my heart just leaps into my throat, and I was just kind of start sobbing, right? I, right? I had to stop. I was reading, I just stopped. And and his wife, like, his wife who's going through this for real, like, this right. is his wife, right? And she puts her arm around me, like, to kind of say, okay, you're, you're doing fine, right? You, you know, drive on with a mission. And I remember thinking, like, my brain went into 10 different places. Like, first I was trying to, you know, get my composure back, but I'm also thinking, okay, like, I'm, you know, I'm one of your B3 brothers here to support you, but Derek's wife is the one comforting yeah. me. It was just completely backwards. I'm, get, I'm getting chills talking. I'm thinking about this because I saw videos of her. She's amazing, right? She's like, I, I saw videos of her like helping him like in a pool, like trying to like gaining his function back. And I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. she, she like, I mean, she's the best. I, and I have no idea how, how Derek landed like uh, a woman like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, she's just, she's just the best. Right. Right. Um, uh, just really incredible. I mean, just a great, great family. Um, but, um, you know, but Derek made, he made this incredible recovery, incredible recovery. Um, you know, he's, he, he had to relearn everything like talking, walking, uh, getting his vision back, um, reading like everything. Uh, but you talk to him now and, uh, uh, you know, he, he's still, you know, he still has some, some, some challenges, but, you know, he's a lot of people listening will follow his um, um, uh, sm- small victories Instagram right. blog where you know he 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 does art and poetry and again the the Derek I knew like Ranger Derek at at at, at West Point was was not writing poems and doing art right he was just a, he was a different guy um, but he's he's found this this talent and they've got this foundation that that helps. Uh, people that had traumatic head injuries uh, recover through through art, and he's just it's just an, an inspiring story. Uh, but I mean, we we so I mean, so Derek was like first of all he lived, and second he was a contractor. You know, he wasn't he wasn't active duty, and there there's so many people who have made these enormous sacrifices and. Uh, you know, overseas and in Iraq and, and Afghanistan, but it's, but who you know who are on active duty, you know, who aren't soldiers, and who also bring back these these incredible um, hardships that they have to you know they have to recover from. Um, so I, I kind of always think about that. Remember that when I when I when I think about Derek and when I get an opportunity to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, and what an amazing um, not only amazing family he has like with Cindy and his immediate family, but just the, the entire outpouring of support for him. Uh, you know, I, 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 for whatever reason, I specifically remember, I think it was our 20 year reunion or something like you really going out of your way to make sure that he had access to the table. And like, you know, like he was at a reunion, I think. And you were like, yeah. like you were like his kind of like uh concierge or something and and uh you know everybody steps up and helps each other but and everybody has has sacrificed and and you know certainly he has he he and his family have sacrificed for for us i hope that i mean i don't know how this whole thing works with like i mean obviously he's not he like like blackwater you know hopefully they step up and you know he's got like retirement or whatever with them like they similar to what he would have had with uh with the army so yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know the whole story, um, mm-hmm. and I I wasn't a Blackwater fan 
you know, just on many levels. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I can say that from, from, from what I've seen, and I, and I didn't see everything, but it, it does look like they kind of went beyond the call of duty to, to, to take care of him. And that's, I mean, again, that, that's, I, I don't know everything, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that, that's at least what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think that had something to do with getting him medevaced out of there also. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, he was, he was low on the triage list. I mean, mm-hmm. they took a look at that guy and they said, you know what? Um, <laughs> yeah, we can only get so many bodies on this bird. Right. He's category and three. We gotta, yeah. We, we gotta, we gotta get the guys that are going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, in, inspiring recovery, he's, uh, he's working in the state capital in Austin now giving tours in the, in the state capital. Mm. Uh, so, you know, he's that, that's and it's when he's not doing his art and running his foundation. So, mm. um, that's, that's a Derek story. I mean, that's, uh, uh, that, that's a, that's an above and beyond guy right there. So how was he as a cadet? Like, like you, you mentioned that Bill Hecker was the, was the, you know, the, the guy that was hazing people, but you know, like and the rest of you guys were all just chilled out and be three, whatever, just. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Derek, Derek was like one of the more intense guys. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was my plebe year, uh, my, my plebe year roommate. Um, and you know, it, Derek's, you know, five foot tall on his tiptoes or in his, in his cowboy boots. Right. right. Um, but you know, he, he takes up all the space in the room. Like he's seven feet tall walking around and he was like serious about stuff. And, and I was all laid back. We were like kind of odd couple, the, mm-hmm. the two of us. Uh, but you know, he was, um, you know, the, the, the thing our, our company was super interesting because we had such an unusual mix of, of personalities. I mean, I, I tell people if I'd have gone, if I'd have gone to any other university and this applies to, I think everybody who went to West point, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the diverse collection of, of people that end up being lifelong friends is one of the special things about where we all went to school. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that was that unique observation. I think that Ted Russ made in his book, the spirit mission book. And he talks about, you know, when they all went to Pico day's house for the first time and they put on their civilian clothes that they went to West point and they're like, wait a minute, like you're like some J crew, like looking dude and you're a biker and you're a punk rock kid. Like you wouldn't know that. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, like, Ed Sedina, Terry Yoon, me, Lou Baker, you know, Kentucky, Ron Cardwell, um, you know, these are, these are not people that would have hung out together mm-hmm. had we been anywhere else. Uh, but you know, you're, you're, you're all handcuffed together and, um, and, and there you go, you know, the 25 years later, we're still, still hanging out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 30 years later. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so not only did I have interactions with your guys that were, um, you know, in PL 300 and I think Millart, but I was also on the speech and debate team with, uh, Shane Zender. And I say to this day, and you know, Shane's a ghost on Facebook and I don't think he's, you know, he's kind of dropped off the grid, but we got to get him back into this thing. Um, he, to this day, I say he is the funniest guy I have ever met. I, my, my sides would hurt when I came back from hanging out with him because I would be laughing so hard at all the stupid, crazy things he would do. And the way that he, just the way, that, the way that he attacked life was just so funny. And, uh, yeah, he, he was a next level guy. And, and I've not, I've not seen Shane, uh, since we graduated. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's, he's one of the guys that kind of dropped off. We're going to have to, we're going to have to pull him back into the fold for now. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that like at OBC he was like almost first in the class at OBC at uh, I think he was ADA. He was, I think. Was that? I think. Uh, he was air defense. Air defense, yeah. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I mean, appa- maybe. Yeah, 
but see the thing is, is so the thing about Shane was so funny is that he could put on such a bullshit show for somebody and and yeah. and, and it would be so real and it, it would be for no one's entertainment other than his own right he he would yeah. like he he didn't, he didn't his own company, right? <laughs> oh know, my he, god he, he was yeah it was like the Shane Zender show and and if anyone else was watching then then that's upside right yeah, so I heard like I heard he was like going to be honor grad or something at OBC. I was like, he is bullshitting everybody that he's like this, like you know, doing all like. So anyway, this the stuff that he did was so funny, and he was so good at it. And it, yeah. and I know there was more than a couple pranks you guys had at um, in B three, and I think a, a few yeah. of them, a few of them he had going. You know, I, and, and I and I think again, I, I, like I get these stories mixed up, and someone's not going to correct me for forgetting the, the the personalities wrong. But I, I think Shane was like behind. Like we did this one prank on, I think it was on Griswold, where that um, like he convinced them to to pierce his ear in the barracks, right? And so they they had this. Uh, do you remember these magnetic earrings, like an ear stud, but it was a magnet. Yeah, it's, they um, still have them now. Like, yeah, yeah. They, I guess they, yeah, they probably still have those, right? And so they they went. We went through this 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 whole routine where, you know, they 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 stuck his ear like with a pin or with a something sharp, right? But you know, it didn't put a hole in it, and just squeezed the the stud and the magnet on his ear so that it hurt. Uh, and then put some ice on it, and then walked him to the mirror, and then Griswold's kind of checking himself out. And then I, I can't remember if it's Tomasi or it might have been Ennis. I can't remember who went up and then yanked it, and then everybody just busted out laughing, right? Because but, it was so, know, so they was, put the ma- so they had like the magnets on both sides. So he thought his ear was pierced, but it really wasn't pierced. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't. You know, he just thought he, he thought he'd already he thought he'd pierced his ear, right? But but no, they they just stuck the magnet on, right? So and then they go to rip it off, and, and you think it's going to be like like all this pain. They just it's just two magnets, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and but also that you know they they kind of convinced them to pierce his ear in the barracks, right? Yeah, that's 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 a typical sort of you know you know you're bored, so you want to you know come up with this thing. Shane had this story, and you know I you and I talked a little bit about this in the pre-call. You don't remember it as well, but if another bandit remembers it, that would be funny. Um, cause you guys had a female tack, right? Like, yeah. What, what was yeah. her name? Do you, do you, do you remember? Um, Major Haas. Major Haas. We were, Major Haas. When we, it was our first, no, she, um, yeah, yeah. Major Haas. Okay. So he had, <laughs> <laughs> he had this plan to make you guys think that he was having an affair with your tack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, <laughs> He, he would pretend like he was like in the tax office, like hooking up, hooking up with the tack, and he would come out and pretend like he just hooked up with the tack and had somebody or more than a couple people believing that he had something going on with the tack. And it was again Shane Zender, different level level of comedian, only doing this to entertain himself. Like like no, there's no other people laughing at this other than him. <laughs> Yeah, so like we we have to get him back. Uh, you know, we have to get him back into the fold because I just wonder what you know, and wonder he's doing what he's doing now. You know, he he had. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that he had a cancer scare at some point. Um, but um, but I haven't I haven't uh, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen Shane since we since we graduated. Somebody's gonna have to to to, uh, to co-sign on that uh, on that tax story though. 
because uh, some, somebody will, rem- will remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, knowing Shane, the higher level, he may have only been telling me, bullshitting me that he did this when he really didn't do it, <laughs> to, like, scam me, which is possible, you know? You know, it, 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 it's all possible. It's just right? like a riddle wrapped up in an enigma, you know? Like, uh, it just, yeah. you just never know. You never know. Indeed, 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 indeed. I remember him telling the story. He broke his leg, like, Cow year or something uh, playing yeah. soccer on the soccer playing team. Soccer. Yeah, playing the soccer yeah. team, and he was just even and like a compound fracture. Yeah, like, like, that was a gruesome, yeah, terrible yeah. thing. And him telling that story, like going back, and like he's able to able to infuse humor into that whole thing, you know. <laughs> and I guess, yeah, but that was a that was that was an, that was an ugly incident, right? Um, <laughs> and I wasn't there for it, but um, that was a that, that was that wasn't good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he 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 came back. But yeah, he was he was hobbling around for the next two years on that one. Well, I guess what also happened was that they accidentally took his cast off too early. <laughs> like he went up there, he went up there. They took the cast off. Like, okay, you're good to go. He's like, aren't you going to put something back on here? He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm like, you're done. He's like, I don't think I'm supposed to be done yet. <laughs> and he, he went back to the kid area and he said like. They called him up and said, "Holy shit, get back up here! Like you, you need to get this cast put back on." And uh, he was just like, "This is so funny." Typical army medicine, okay, quality, quality medical, yeah, uh, attention there. So, uh, so what other what other kind of B three memorable experiences were there when when you guys were there? Um, you know, that, there was a couple. Of, I mean, our our company also like we never, you know. We were a company that we never won anything, right? When we were like when we were when we were firsties, we said, okay, we have to win, we have to win brigades in something, right? And, and so we we stacked the boxing team my last year, um, where you know like normally it's you're it's full of plebes. They don't let plebes uh, box uh, anymore in their murals, by the way. No, uh, which is probably uh, yeah, it's probably probably a good thing, right? Because that's kind of borderline kind of cockfighting, right? Because you, you got a bunch of plebes are kind of fighting against their will and everybody's kind of out there you know, <laughs> cheering for them. But when we were firsties, like we had a team that was almost all firsties. It was me, it was Lou Baker, um, uh, Dave Morrow might have fought, I can't remember, um, uh, Pat Lynch. And we said, okay, well, we're finally, we're finally going to win something. And, uh, and I lost to John Keenan. Uh, Lou lost to uh, John Drohan. Um, like we, we, and we didn't like, we, we still, we still didn't win. Right. We, we still didn't manage to, uh, to, to win, to win brigades that year. Um, so yeah. So, and, and, and Paul, like Paul Brooks, um, cause I was the, you know, I was the, you know, I was the coach of the team also. So I remember, you know, you know, coaching during one of Paul's bouts and he was, he was fighting this. I can't remember what the kid's name was, but uh, like like Brooks was like Brooks was a um, a very kinetic boxer, right? He was like straight ahead, not a lot of finesse, you know, ugly, not 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 nice to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just aggressive. He, yeah, just like no, no, I just just left, right, left, right. Uh, so he just he just out there just brutalizing this kid's first round, um, uh, and then we get to the corner. I'm like, okay, Brooks, like. Let's you know you did plead boxing. How about showing a little finesse, like throw a jab or, or something, right? You know, let's you know you know show sh- 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 a little little poise out there, right? So he gets out there and he's just like frozen up, and you know the the kid who was probably concussed and ready for concussion protocol, which didn't exist back in the day. Um, he, he he realizes that Paul's not punching anymore, 
Paul gets out, pointed to the round. He comes back at the end of that round, and I said, well, why don't we do it your way, right? And so he then goes out and wins his fight. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, that was probably the closest that we came to, to, to win anything in B3. We were talking down at Friar Palooza about how we lost the Brigade Championship in basketball. Uh, and we were yeah. like, like you know, going back and forth, and, and we lost it to A four company A four, uh, which is Mark yeah. West company. So while we were there, we we're like texting them, like we want a rematch, like our thirtieth reunion. So it's on now. We're gonna have a rematch against A four A four basketball game, the thirtieth reunion. So it's gonna be on. There, yeah. there you go. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So um, let's go back to uh, so. You graduate, uh, commissioned as a second lieutenant, engineers. You went to the first engineer officer basic course, I think, because we were not in the same one. Because when I showed up yeah. in Korea, you were already there. You had like six months. In, yeah, I was already there. Because you went to Ranger School after, right. after I, uh, OBC. Right? I went to the late I went to the late Ranger, the late OBC, and then I went to Ranger School. So I was like, you know, seven, right. eight months behind you. Yeah, and, yeah. So I was I was almost out by the time you got there. But almost, yeah, we, yeah. We, were, we were there the, in the same uh, in the same uh, battalion there, um, so yeah, so I was in Korea, then went from Korea to Hawaii, um, and then I then I got out. Hold on um, a second, back it up, back it up. I want to ask you a couple yeah. questions about Korea. So, didn't some girl follow you out there? Like, so, like, didn't she show up? Like, hey, like we met, and let's and like all of a sudden she's in, she's like hanging out with you in Korea. Like you didn't expect it or something. Well, what happened there? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of complicated, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was um, uh, you know my uh, uh, my girlfriend at the time when I was in. in but you didn't expect her to show up, right? Like all of a sudden, she like calls you up and says, "Hey, I'm downrange, and I'm gonna set myself up here as an English teacher for the next year because I want to be with you or something." Yeah, I was kind of close to that in terms of uh, kind of uh, the level of surprise. <laughs> um, and then you know, and that 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 didn't work out, and, and on with our lives, right? But, right, uh, right. But yeah, that was uh, that 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 made uh, that made Korea a little, made, a, little interesting, a little unusual, yeah, <laughs> a little crazy, well, yeah, a little yeah. unusual. So then you went to twenty fifth afterwards, right? You the, the Hawaii? Yeah, I was in yeah, I was in Hawaii. I was in twenty fifth. I was there with uh, Mike Papura was out there, uh, Tom Innes, uh So we we all lived in the same building mm-hmm. in in, uh, in Honolulu. Um, so yeah, the two of us, Sanjay Prandaro was in our building for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from there you, you did, you did the early out thing like I did too. Cause the, the, the window opened up and you're like, Hey, listen, they want us out. And so I'm going to take advantage of this. And you were, you were out the door and then, yep. and then, so, um, do you, you ever look back at that and say, I wish I stayed in a little longer? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I I do right. Um, I mean, first of all, like the, the experiences that I had as a lieutenant, I use like today. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I think most of us would say that that you know that it shaped the way that we think about serving and leading and solving problems. Um, and yeah, there are there are times I wish I would have spent uh, a bit more time. Uh, but then again, you know, um, you know, we're all on our path, and mm-hmm. you know, the path I took led me to. To where you are, have some uh, good fortune that I've had. Uh, right. So all these um, choice I'm, points. I think I'm lucky to have the time that I had. Yeah, I think I think the same way. All these choice points, like you know, what I've met my wife, what I've done this, what I've done that, like all would have been different. But um, you know, and the and the reality of the reality of it was the army, like you know, their purse comp were, were saying we need to like lose a bunch of these like 
91 officers because we're drawn down, we're doing this, and so let's open this up. But in hindsight, you're like, ah, man, I, I, you know, if I had only not been at that point in time making that decision, then of course, you know, you serve in the reserves. And so then. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, and had I not gotten out, I would not have had the opportunity to serve with you. In the RG Bunker Brigade. At Floyd, Floyd Brooklyn Field in New York, right? So. The, the infamous Archie Bunker Brigade, we used to call it, right? So yeah, we, the Archie Bunker Brigade, right? <laughs> which was a highlight of my military career. That was actually a good time, yeah. though. That was fun. So so what happened was, and this is why I love this is why I love you. You're such a free... Like, I, like you're like, I'm going to get my motorcycle. I'm going to sell all my shit, get a motorcycle, and I'm just going to go to New York City. I'm going to live in a youth hostel, and I'm going to go to NYU and go to medical school. That was your plan. And you're like... Like, that, was, that was plan that was plan a plan right? a plan a and so yeah. we would see each other on the weekends me and you and this 89 grad keith page uh and yeah. we would do our at together and uh right. god that was fun remember the time we were like we were on at we were, we were bored out of our minds and we were cha- we were we were holding on to the t1 lines see who could hold it longer without getting shocked remember that <laughs> You know, I, I, this, uh, you know, it's it's always scary to to share memories of someone that that you served with or that you haven't talked to for a while because, like, so that that particular, like, I do remember that, and that was like all the way in the recycle bin of my brain, right? So, so now now that's back in in the RAM part of my brain, which is means I'm going to forget something important. But, uh, but yeah, that was a. Uh, that, that was our entertainment for the evening. Yeah, me and you and uh, that Major Lesniak, who's now Lieutenant General Lesniak, or no, uh, yeah, Major General Lesniak. General yeah, yeah, he's Lesniak, a major. Right. But we would sit there, we'd all take turns, say, okay, you got to hold it for 30 seconds, and you hold it for 30 seconds, hope it doesn't get wrong, <laughs> it would ring up, and you just like, your eyes would light up like a, like a pinball machine, yeah. you know, if you got shocked exactly. by it. So. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that destroyed some brain cells. What at fifty, I now I now need right. That yeah, I did not need when I was like twenty four. Well, the other brain cell that got that that, that got killed. I remember another one too. So we were talking about it at breakfast, right? And that um, what was his name, Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel? Uh, Start with an E, like uh, Eldridge. Was in the four eleven. Eldridge, yeah. Remember Eldridge. The dude, he was like he was like I don't know yeah. class, class of eighty five, and you said, "Sir, it is impossible to chew two pieces of bread without water in under a minute." No, he that, said, "He said I'm I could, sure that was Lesniak." No, no, that no, was no, 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 it wasn't Lesniak. Was Lesniak was with us. Lesniak had already tried it and hadn't done it, and he said, "I can do it." And you said, "Sir, it's been tried before." And he takes these things like this, like this smug look on his face. He's like. I'm gonna get this, and he smashes them together like into like a ball, you know. Right. <laughs> and you're like, "Sir, it's been tried before. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work." <laughs> he smashes into this ball, and he puts this ball in his mouth of like this, like this, these two pieces of white bread, and it just all the saliva just gets sucked into the ball, and the guy like almost chokes to death. And it was so funny, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that was uh, again the the. Uh entertainment of the uh, fighting for 11th yeah. uh, engineer brigade. Yeah. They're good people though. I mean, there's some, there's some actually great Americans in that group too. Like, you know, like a lot of cops, a lot of New York city cops, a lot of New York city firefighters, uh, a lot of yeah. people just humping it in New York. Uh, and so yeah. I still, I still look back at that. I think that yeah, was, that was actually kind of a cool assignment. And then, um, yeah. So then, so the cool thing was you're working as a temp, right? In the city, just to sort of make your rent money and you're working for Citibank or something at the time. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, I was bouncing around and I, and I was, uh, the idea was I was going to go to medical school, but I, I couldn't start until 
which is when I'd be taking a full load of classes. I didn't have any money. So I was living in a hostel for a while. Um, you know, I was working as a secretarial temp and I ended up getting a job at Citibank right at the same time as they're bringing in all their management associates who were coming out of business school to work on the trading desks. So I ended up hanging out with those guys um, and got pulled into that program and then got sucked into the trading desk and then ended up getting pulled into, you know, in, into that same group and then I got sent to London and then I never came back. And uh, so, so let me, so let, that was my, let me give some more, career. let me give some more context to this, right? Cause you, because you're being very modest, but you were hired to basically be the paper pusher, like, you know, like temporary job. You're probably making whatever, 20 bucks an hour at, at most, like, you know, just yeah. sort of making ends meet. And yet they have all these trainers coming in to learn how to do trading, how to do like, you know, uh, like trading, like currencies or whatever. And you're like, well, shit, I can computerize all this stuff and I can teach this through visual basic and create a simulation platform that these guys can all learn from. So you like yeah. program this whole thing they're like, holy shit! This is the best thing we've ever seen. Who is this kid working on the on the desk? You know, who just invented this thing to so train that, all of our. That, that's actually amazing that you remember that because I because I, I did not prep you with that, right? Right. <laughs> right. That, that is, that's that's pretty accurate to what to what happened there. Right. Right. So then they're like, whoa! This... So I remember. I, I remembered from West Point, you know, writing because you know all the stuff that they're writing on the desk they wrote in Visual Basic at the time, which was which was you know similar to you know, the language that we learned when, which I, I'd learned some of that in high school as well. So yeah, so I got to use that and ended up getting sucked into that program. And then, uh, then off you, off you, off it went. And then, and then they said, okay, well we got this smart whiz kid. So let's go send him to get his MBA. You went to Cambridge, right? To get your MBA. Yeah. So I, I went to London I left the bank, uh, uh went, uh, did my MBA at Cambridge and then went back to another bank. Um, uh, and then, you know, did that for, you know, for a while and then, uh, you know, left and did something else after that. I'm just looking at some of the comments here, <laughs> some comments here. I guess I was, I was, I was, I was going a little too much on the, on the girlfriend in Korea. And I said, I was, dude, cease fire, cease fire. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was like, Hey, somebody, someone come, come bail me out on that one. Right? <laughs> so, you know, we do a little, we do a little pre-call, but we don't talk about everything. Right. So like just, these things just kind of happen. It's kind of fluid, you know? So. Well, I mean, you need a little spontaneity, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, 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 from Cambridge, then you went and worked for the oil company, right? You worked for Chevron, I think, right? Yeah, I worked for Texco and Chevron. Uh, I spent a few years living in Colombia, uh, in in Bogota, in Latin America, um, and so I did that for a couple of years. And you were there during nine eleven, right? Yeah, so I was I was in Colombia uh, when nine eleven occurred, which was. Which, so I, so when I was, you know, when I worked for the bank, I was, I was there in, 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 uh, you know, in, in Manhattan, um, you know, first at Citibank, then at JP Morgan. Um, and then, you know, I, I took, you know, some, some time off to go to school then ended up down in, in South America. And I, I remember being upstairs in our security office. Cause when I was at, at, when I was at, at Texaco in, in, in Columbia, you know, there were only two expats there myself. So I ran the business development and the negotiations with the state oil companies, and then the exploration manager was also. Um, and everybody else was Colombian, and we were watching, you know, we were watching the towers, uh, and you know, at the, on, a, on television on the the top floor of our building, and 
and you know Steve Thompson, who was another American, he was he wasn't gone, so it was just me in the office and a bunch of Colombians, and you know we're watching this, and you know I was you know I was on another continent, I was far away, but you know I'd just been living right down there in in downtown Manhattan, and and watching that with you know a, a bunch of people I loved, right? Colombia was the was the best, you know I I loved living there, um, uh, but watching that uh, experience where you know, you're the only American watching this, you know, this, this incredible, um, you know, world changing event was, was a real experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and kind of, you know, one of the things that, that made me realize that I I wanted to get back to the U S and eventually kind of want to get back to some sort of, some sort of public service. Right. And so, uh, so tell me about that. So you, you came back and you were listening to, Barack Obama, uh, campaign, right? Is, is, is that, is that when you were really contemplating the switch back into public service? Yeah. I mean, there's a, a couple things that happened, you know, one was that, uh, you know, my, my cousin, Emily Perez was, was killed in Iraq. Um, and she was, uh, a 2005 grad. So mm-hmm. she was, she was a plea, you know, she was in class of 1991. I'm uh, sorry, class of uh, 2000. She was in, in 2001, she was a plebe. So, you know, she was there, you know, I, and when nine 11 occurred, you know, I was in Columbia, uh, she was there on the plane, right. Or, you know, there at that, at West point. And so her class, you know, they called them the class of nine 11. They were, they were the first West point class and generation to go through four years of wartime footing at West point. Uh, she joined, she went to West point in the police time army graduated, uh, at war. And then, you know, she was the first member of her class to, to get killed in action. So when you were growing up, when you were growing so you're, you're a solid, what, 10, 15 years older than her, right? So when you were a cadet, she yeah. was like uh, five or six years old, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and I, her, her mom is my mom's first cousin. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so, you know, I watched, I watched Emily grow up. Um, and, you know, when she decided, you know, when she decided what she was going to do for college, she ended up going to West Point. She said, "Well, you know, Chris did it. How how hard can it be?" <laughs> right. Um, and, and and she was, and but you know, and I you know, did you I, talk to her like, at the oh, time? Like, know, hey, people. these are your like, here's what you should do. Like, get ready for like, you kind of like. I mean, a, a bit, right? I mean, like, I kind of felt like, okay, well, you know, Emily's following my footsteps, but you know, Emily, like, she did it big, right? She, you know, she was a four year course squad athlete. Um, you know, she was a star major. Brigade Sergeant Major. Brigade Sergeant Major. She was a star man through most of her career there. I mean, she graduated right at the top of her class. I mean, she was, she, everything I did, she did a lot better than mm-hmm. me. Uh, so she was just, she was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was a, you know, she was like just next level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember when, you know, when, when she was killed in, uh, in 2005, um, you know, that, what, yeah, really what branch was she? What branch? What branch? Sorry? What branch was she? What, what she was. was uh, she was medical service corps, mm-hmm. and she was killed in two thousand. She graduated in two thousand five. She was killed in two thousand six. Mm. Um, so you know that was, you know that, that was hard for our family, and certainly for for you know her parents. I mean, they're they're just an incredible family. Her her father's a is a retired NCO. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a terrific, terrific, terrific family. Um, uh, and so but that ha- so that, that happened. And that was a big, that was a big influence on you. Said I've got to get back 
I got to get back into the, into into service of our country, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it. You know, it's a it's a moment where you're thinking, well, you know, what is it that I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And then there was a couple of years after that in 2000, 2008 that I ended up working, uh, um, on the on the Obama campaign. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, and I just you know, I just went as a you know, I was just a campaign volunteer that was working on uh, uh, on registering voters, and so I went to uh, to South South Carolina. Uh, sorry, North Carolina. Uh, I stayed with uh, Dave Morrow. Well, Dave, no, actually, I stayed with Dave Morrow's family, right? Because Dave was in Afghanistan. Um, Brooks was there also, so I used to see Brooks. But um, they, um, um, uh, the, what I was working on was. Um, uh, in rural North Carolina, you know, you've got these communities that are just really disconnected from the broader economy. They're disconnected from the cities. Um, and, you know, you go out there, like no politician goes there, um, you know, because and people don't vote. Uh, you know, there, there's very relatively low levels of, 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 um, of civic engagement. And our, our job was to go out there and try to get people engaged in the system and get people to vote in an election that was really different for a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, right? That was, you know, kind of an exciting, uh, an exciting time. So I was, you know, I was working on, you know, during the, the primary when, you know, there's the, the expectation was that, you know, that the, you know, uh, Senator, at time Senator, Senator Obama was a, was a fairly long shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 you know, the, the thing that I, that I had the privilege of doing was 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 registering some of these voters. I, I got to register voters in their seventies, um, primarily you know in these, in these uh, disconnected African American communities, but voters in their seventies who had never voted in their lives. Um, and you know, and they're you know they're in the South. They're coming from a time when they were young people, where um, you know voting was like literally dangerous. It was um, uh, you know they. You know, the folks who didn't have a belief that that they were, you know, not only that they were expected to to participate in the process, but that doing so would have any difference. That you know, why should I like why should I be engaged? Right. And you know, to talk talking to you know to 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 folks who didn't believe that 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 their voices mattered, but seeing you know someone who's in their 70s. You know, vote for the first time. You know, for me, it was 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 a big deal. Um, it, it, it it was an experience that that I'll I'll always remember. So, I mean, by the way, the time goes by so quickly. We're, we're, we've got like eight minutes left, right? So we've been talking for an yeah. hour and twenty two minutes. But um, just uh, we might be able to go over by a minute or two. But so this then kind of puts you into this into this um, into this orbit with the Obama administration. So then, you know, you, you became an active, more active member with their campaign, uh, contributor to the, I guess, maybe the strategy, the framing of the thing and ended up working in the department of energy, uh, in the Obama yeah. administration. It, right. It was, like, it was a bit less dramatic than that. Like, cause you know, I was, um, you know, there was a, there was a whole engagement that I had, you know, earlier on, um, you know, before I went to North Carolina, but essentially I went and worked as a volunteer. I, I, I registered voters, um, and I went back to Chevron, right. I went back to my job 
And then after, because I, I, you know, I wasn't engaged with the campaign after that. But then after we won, uh, and they're filling government, um, you know, they're looking for people that have, you know, private sector or academic subject matter expertise to take, you know, these various jobs running pieces of the executive branch. Um, so I ended up coming in as, uh, as, an, as, as a political appointee as the deputy assistant secretary uh, for oil and natural gas. Um, I ended up being the federal official for the Deepwater Horizon when when that BP rate went down in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm sure uh, that was a that I, was an interesting time. Yeah, that that's a that's a that was a whole other story. But that was a, you know a you know an unbelievable stressful time because when 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 that was occurring, there really was no solution. I mean, there was no there was no solution that was invented at the time. Uh, industry didn't know what to do. Uh, government didn't know how to oversee the response. Uh, we're in a position where we had to, you know, we're, you know, where government had to approve measures that BP was taking to try to cap the well. And, and I will say that we were, like, we, we, it was fortuitous that the Department of Energy happened to be led by a Nobel Prize-winning physicist at the time. Dr. Stephen Chu was was my boss. He was the the Secretary of Energy, and you know, a again, he's Nobel Prize-winning physicist, a next-level smart guy. So for someone to be able to come in and, and grab the whiteboard and work with a bunch of big egos in these oil companies um, to make sure that we're engineering a decision process that 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 led us to the right outcome. Um, and you know, I got to watch that. I was a federal official for the for the commission, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, those were stressful times. And, and then and then you. Continued. I mean, all eight years you served in the administration as a senior official in the in the Department of Energy, right? So you were Senate confirmed the whole thing, right? It was a big, uh, big. Uh, I think you you moved from one section to another, right? Or were you in the whole place? Yeah, I started as a deputy assistant secretary, and then uh, I ended up as the assistant secretary for fossil energy. So I had the coal portfolio and shale gas hydraulic fracturing um, at one of the national laboratories. So. Um, uh, the strategic, the strategic petroleum reserve in the in the Gulf of Mexico. So th- that's so, an uh, SCS level or whatever. Like, what is that equivalent to in military terms? Like, in terms of rank? Um, it's a it's an SCS level, right? So, um, and it's if you're if you're over a DOD, you have SCS grades that line you up with different levels. But you know, at, at DOE, um, they only had one SCS level. Like put everybody in one bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially it was the senior leadership for the, for the department of energy. Wow. And also just to put, put in perspective, not only were you dealing with this deep water horizon, you know, thing that was experience and you're, you know, it's gotta be, you know, that's a whole separate, you know, kind of, uh, podcast talking just about that craziness, but also all that happened during the time with all this fracking, right? Because like, we went from a point in time where we were a net importer to a net exporter of natural gas during that time period that you were responsible for it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and you know, the the you know, there's it's a it's a whole other topic, but um, you know, some of the excitement around the some of the risks and the environmental concerns around shale gas and hydraulic fracturing. You know, it was a time where you, you tried to make sure that you're able to use. You know, science and data to to shape an argument into something that was you know based in 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 fact and and real you know real risk mitigation. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was another kind of interesting experience. And 
in managing public policy in an area that had a lot of a lot of emotion to it, mm-hmm. um, and something you kind of learn uh, as you go along. So now, having had all that amazing experience, you come out of out of public service and into a new new role here. So you've you've been working, I think, not only with this energy company, but also doing some stuff in at the academic level as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was a fellow at Rice University for a year when I left the government. As a, so you know, when when the administration ends, um, you know, all the political appointees, you know, <laughs> leave, and then the new administration is is bringing in their 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 round of uh, you know their their batch of, of appointees to run the executive branch. Um, so I said, you know, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here and I had to go somewhere. So um, I ended up going to our Rice University uh, as a, at the, the James Baker Institute, uh, which is still run by. Uh, James Baker, who was the Secretary of State and uh, Chief of Staff under Reagan and George H. W. Bush, um, uh, did that for a year, and then now I'm at uh, at Chenier Energy, so we're the company that that essentially takes all that shale gas we just talked about, uh, turns it into liquefied natural gas, and exports it to countries around the world. Mm-hmm. And there was, and when you started in the Obama administration, you were importing that, like that 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 business didn't even exist, right? That billion dollar, billions yeah. of dollars of business was not even there and that's how much the world yeah. has changed and you were like kind of in the in the hot seat during that whole time period yeah so my my company was built during the time i was at, at doe so you know we've we've spent 30 billion dollars building two major export terminals in uh in louisiana and in, and in texas and um and all that was you know that regulatory process was ongoing including you know the issues around drilling and shell gas when when I was at the department. So, so yeah, it's uh, the world. The, the world's changed a lot over the last few years in terms of these issues of, of energy security. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know, Google your name and you look far enough. There's all kinds of like, you know, there's YouTube videos. There's policy papers. I mean, you've been a very busy person in the last, uh, you know, t- twenty five years or so, or last you know eight to ten years, definitely on on the public policy front. So. Um, really incredible, incredible career, incredible, uh, you know, person that you are. Um, I'm just inspired by your story and, and, um, happy to be your friend. You know, we're, we're running out of time here, but I just, I'm curious if you have any kind of last minute thoughts or observations or, or things you may want to leave, uh, leave us with, with this podcast. Um, well, I guess uh, a couple things. First of all, this is like, this is the awesome thing you're doing. Um, you know, I love being able to sit here on Sundays and 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 hear from some like our classmates that, that maybe I didn't know too well, but just see like the diverse things that people are doing. So, like, and and also you know doing this now, but also the seeing the the prep for it, it it's work for you. I mean, it, it's uh, and you're, you've gotten pretty good at it now, so you you, you can crank them out. But I I just want to thank you for 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 doing this as a is a service for for all of us, uh, so that helps keep keep me inspired. Well, it's my honor to do uh, it. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and you know, looking forward to to seeing who you who you get, you get on here uh, get on here next. So, uh, um, uh, you know, I uh, like I, I'm, I'm following your your uh, your your list of interviewees. So I always look at that with interest. Well, you know, like it, we have, like I said, we if I do it every two weeks or twice a month, I've got years and years and years of content of people to to talk to. So, um, I got a lot of good suggestions. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll close on this last point, which was, um, 
you know, it is, it is some work doing it, but I love doing so. It, you know, it's kind of a passion project, but it can be a pain at, at times too. And I got an awesome email this past week from uh, Brigadier General Joe, uh, Joe Ryan, who was serving in Afghanistan. And he said, I love this thing. It gives me something to listen to. And, and I got some time over here and I got another email from uh, Brigadier General uh, D.A. Sims saying how much he's enjoyed it. And he feels like when the 90 minutes are up, he, he feels like, uh, you know, he's, he's disappointed. Um, he didn't yeah. think we'd build a full 90 minutes. I didn't think so either. And then every time we talked, there's like not enough time. Like you're, you're rushing the finish. Um, yeah, so, no doubt. I mean, cause you're, I mean, you, you warned me about that. You said it goes fast. And then that is, that is very true. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but like you and I, you and I have, have had it, had, cause I don't, I don't think you and I hung out that much as cadets. No, no, but, no, uh, but, no. but, you know, after, from OBS, I guess from from uh, from Korea and beyond, like we we our our path just keeps running into each other. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason. Right? Yeah. So so we've we've uh, we got lots of lots of uh, a point ticket to, to compare here. Yeah, yeah, lot, lots of uh, lots of stories. <laughs> lots of the, the Archie Bunker Brigade was the best, though. I think. Yeah, uh, indeed. Right. Yeah. So uh, so. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up. You're gonna be able to find this thing on Podbean, uh, which is uh, just do a search for the Old Grad Podcast on Podbean. It'll be live on Facebook yeah. in another ten minutes or so, and then I'll download it and put it up on Podbean. Um, Chris, if there's if there's anybody that exemplifies uh, the the ethos of duty shall be done, I think uh, you are at the top of the list. Uh, you know, with your service to our country and the in the uh in the energy department and um and continuing to sort of um lead uh this sector and and um i'm just so proud to call your classmate and a friend well thanks and i i i definitely hesitate to compare myself favorably with uh a lot of our classmates who spent so much time in harm's way doing doing some really truly difficult things but uh you know i'm 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 lucky to be your friend Um, i'm lucky to to you know, I've created the relationships that I had through West Point. You know, one thing you said earlier in the in the call is that, you know, you, you kind of loaded up on friends at West Point, and that's very much true for me. I mean, I I've met acquaintances, but um, you know, I, I kind of I don't need any more good friends. I, I'm 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 full up, right? From mm-hmm. from our time from '87 to to '91, and and uh, and that really is true. Yeah. All right. So with that, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap this thing up. And so, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with our classmate, uh, Colonel Mark Beeger up at West Point on location. And, uh, and then from there I'll announce the other, the, the, the other guests. So, uh, thank you everybody. Uh-huh. Beat Navy and duty shall be done. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast. Please check back on this Facebook page for information about featured guests and upcoming episodes of the Duty Shall Be Done Old Grad Podcast.